What's up, everybody? Welcome to Talking Some Sense, Season 1, Episode 3. I didn't do an episode the last two weeks for a couple of reasons. Um, two weeks ago, uh, my guest was not able... Actually, no. Get last Two weeks ago, I took a, I took a break. And then last week, I was going to record an episode, but never really got around to it. So, yeah. Suppose that. So, tonight, I have a friend of mine. His name is Matt. I will not try to pronounce his last name because it's I'm not gonna be able to. So you go right ahead and introduce yourself. All right. So uh, am I? Am I heard? Am I? There's no no problem audio wise. We can hear you so. Far. All right. So uh, my name is uh, Matthew Spaniolo. Um, Hello. A little bit of a. Uh, it's okay. You don't need to say my last name. Uh, I can go by Matt. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, so a little bit of background of me. Um, currently I am enrolled in a program called sport management. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it's basically a, it's basically a business course that is revolved around sports. So basically it talks about all the ins and outs, uh, of sport from all levels and also talking about a bunch of stuff that goes into the business process, such as, you know, right now I'm studying like human resource management. So I'm learning stuff about, that i'm also learning stuff from marketing to programming events to actually running my events uh, within the next few weeks so that's uh that's fun a uh, little bit of a bio i guess of myself um i am a leafs fan so all sense fans listening to this can uh butcher me and skewer me with my takes and whatnot um but i am neutral i come in peace i've been there before so don't uh don't jump to conclusions when I state my opinions. Um, I write for Overtime Heroics as well as my friend here. I uh, haven't written much yet. Uh, looking to hopefully get some more stuff out soon. Uh, times are getting a little stressful right now school-wise um, because obviously final assignments are due and then finals are obviously next month. So going to get a hold of that uh, hopefully soon. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, I guess worth noting if it matters, I'm also a baseball fan. So any baseball hockey questions, I'm open to answer. And, uh, yeah, that's all there is to it. There's not really all that much to it. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, um, I don't post that much, but I'm going to try and change that soon. Uh, my Twitter name is my name, which is Matthew. Uh, and then my last name but it's spelled differently. So my my Twitter handle is at Matthew Span Yolo. So that's S P A N, and then Yolo because well that's pretty self explanatory. So I'm sure when we put the podcast up, we'll link to our socials. So yeah, I'll link to yep. it. Yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's all there is for me bio wise. So uh, let's dive right into it. All right. All right. So let's get started into the sense update. So. In a whirlwind of events, a lot of injuries have happened. So, well, a couple of injuries. Yeah, a bunch of injuries have happened. So, Colin White, a couple of games ago, got injured. And he, um, he, he was replaced by Logan Brown, who played two games in Colin White's spot. And got injured the last game he played. And ironically enough, that game, uh, uh, next, the next game is tonight. And Colin White is returning tonight. So... Not too much of a juggle in the lineup in that sense, because it's the same player replacing himself basically. But a little more of a more um, 
longer term injury is um, Scott Sabrin. Have you did you hear about that injury? Yep, I uh, I definitely saw that. It was pretty rough, um, yeah. but good to see that he was in good spirits afterwards. Oh yeah, like I, I I was watching the game at work, but like I wasn't necessarily paying attention. Like I was checking every now and then the game, but because I was at work, I wasn't able to pay attention hundred percent. I saw the, I, I heard the crowd, and then I looked. I saw the replay, but it... yeah, that was uh, that was something. Yeah, give me a sec here. Ah, for God's sake, people are calling me. So, um, yeah. So what happened there was um, Sabrin was hit by. Uh, he was not looking – what I think happened was he wasn't looking up on the play. And uh, David Backus, at first it looked like a clean – like it was, a, it was a clean hit that kind of misfired, I guess, in that sense. Yeah, I think it was the, – the way that I saw it was it was kind of like just an awkward collision. Like I think Backus tried to go into him and he tried to absorb it. And then that I think led to the whole aspect of him – kind of colliding awkwardly and then obviously what happened after was not exactly yeah ni- nice to see but it was obviously glad to see that he was good like right away yeah see what happened was is like a like the hit the initial contact was good but the whiplash caused like, caused by the hit was where both heads of the players collided and that's where the injury happened right and then uh, when uh, when uh, Sabrin's head hit uh, Bax's helmet, he went out cold uh, right away. And yeah, he just cold. went out. Yeah, yeah. He just went out on contact, basically. So, like, it hurts because I've been in – I know how – I've been in a situation like that before. It hurts a lot. <laughs> but, like, um, hopefully he gets, good, he gets good recovery. Another thing that, like – another thing that kind of – touched my heart really was how David Backus reacted. Did you see how he reacted to that? Oh, yeah. I mean, he felt he felt like shit, which I understand, because, like, you don't really want the guy to be injured, and I think yeah. he left the game after he yeah. was injured as well, Yeah. but obviously it's like, you know, I managed to walk off, he didn't, so it's, there's, yeah, there's a difference in, in that, definitely, for sure. Exactly, like, the thing is, like, what happened was is he, he that that hit injured him yes, but compared to the psychological aspect of knowing that you're that you potentially ended the guy's career like 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 in that moment he must be thinking oh no I just ruined this guy's career in that in that sent in, in in that state in that time obviously now we know that he's okay and he's gonna make a full recovery I'm pretty sure but like right that, but at that, the time. At the time, you're thinking, "Oh no, what did I do? Did I just destroy this guy's career after him fighting so hard to get in the NHL?" Like all those feelings, like he, yeah, he's crying sure. on the ice. Did you see that? Yeah, like, I mean, I especially because like the kid was like the story was, you know, it was fantastic. You know, like obviously there was the whole like crazy thing. No one knew who he was. Yeah. I think he was an invited uh, to PTO. the camp. P- yeah, he, he was on a PTO. There was that whole Matthews incident, which at the time was really funny, and then obviously scored uh, in the first game of the season, yep. which and was Matthews is actually which Matthews. Was funny, yeah, which was funny because of course it happens. 
but more on my pessimism later. Um, but yeah, like I always was a big fan of like people like Jordan journeyman Brooks. really getting, yeah, like yes. getting opportunities in, in the league. The one that I really wish would have worked was I think Jeff Glass in uh, Chicago. Because hmm. I remember many moons ago, he was, I think, the goalie for Team Canada at the World Juniors, and he was supposed to be really, really good, uh, and then injuries, and then he went overseas for a bit, and then came back, was with the Marlies, I think, for about a season and a half, or no, I think he was only for a bit, and then he ended up going to Chicago, got a deal there, and then he just kind of fizzled out, so hopefully yeah. this one ends better. Yeah. And kind of like, one thing that I find, like, a little side note is, Every single year, Ottawa is able to find their story player. A couple of years ago, it was Christy Dominico. And that the year after, it was, um, it was uh, Clark McCarver coming back from those concussions. Last year, uh, I don't remember who it was last year. This year, it's really Pajot and, uh, and um, Sabrin, really. I mean, if I had to think, like, last year, there really wasn't a whole lot because last year was more of the, okay, let's see how long until we – Trade X, Y, and Z, and yep. what we get back for them. Yeah, which obviously that last year was really a shit show. But I find really that like teams that have a big story to the team succeed a lot because they have more to rally around. Last year's big story was like uh, Leonard, really. You know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That that's I could think out of that. Yeah. Cause like I, I'm off of like first spot, I don't have anything necessarily. So yeah, unless there's like something else that I'm it's forgetting, all, which yeah, it's all I'm thinking of really. Yeah, that's it on the Sabrin's uh, injury. Did you hear that? Did, okay, who? What do you think of Nick Paul? What's your opinion of Nick Paul? There's actually um, – I remember Nick Paul, he was a guy who I was like – this guy was, I think, really – wasn't he like a top-round pick off, or something? I can't remember. Yeah, he was a first-round pick. He pinged around from the uh, – I think the AHL for a bit, and then he got called up and wasn't really anything special. And then now he's obviously having his – Breakout. I guess you could call it his, his coming-out yeah, yeah. party. Uh, which is good to see because I mean like the guys, you know, the guy's been playing for a while in the AHL. I mean, I like to see guys come out from junior and really uh, play well. And it's clear right now he's kind of found an identity, yeah. which I think at the end of the day, that's kind of like what I think is like good line mates and good teammates can create a good thing and a good season yeah. for you. Just look. Pat Maroon, like two years ago in Edmonton. Now he's kind of like a fourth yeah. liner, more or less. But score, score two goals yeah. today. So As you what said, do I know? It's kind of funny because I'm literally staring at my at my Edmonton Oilers Patrick Maroon jersey as you're saying that. <laughs> okay, yeah. So perfect. We had the same idea in mind. So, I mean, yeah. Like to further go on that. I mean, like it's also like what I've noticed is in seasons where teams aren't expected to do as great as they are there's all which they usually end up doing better but i think like there's always a guy who steps up and people are like hmm like i never really knew 
who this player was. Let me focus on that. Like the one that comes to mind aside from Patrick Maroon was I think sticking with Edmonton was I think Jujar Kara because no one knew who he was. I think he was the first player. I can't remember like what, what the background of him was like what his ethnicity was. I think it was middle Eastern. I'm not entirely sure. sure. Um, Yeah. Don't, quote me on that like I could be probably totally wrong um but yeah he he had a big thing and you know it was really nice because he was oh, yeah. playing all right and then obviously kind of petered out a little bit but that's the rest of the Oilers uh but another they're doing good that, so another player like time. that was for me William Carlson or really the entirety of the uh Vegas like, oh year. for yeah. sure for sure exactly this guy went from zero to hero yeah, in the span of a year kind of, quick question what round was uh, William Carlson drafted in? Do you know? Uh, I'm on Vegas's uh, cap friendly, so I'll let you know. Exactly. He was originally he was a second round pick. Yeah, actually, actually no, he was a second round pick, 53rd overall by the Ducks. Uh, I believe he went unsigned. Went to went to Columbus. No, he signed. Actually, no, he signed his ELC. Then he ended up. Got signing with oh. Columbus because I guess they left him untendered, which Anaheim's probably kicking themselves in the yeah. ass right now. Not as no. much as Columbus, but same, same, uh, same concept. Like- yeah, because he he played he played eighteen games in Anaheim, scored three points, wasn't much. Then went to Columbus, was an okay like third line player. And then all of a sudden, 78, 56, 16 points in 17 games. Like, I don't know what happened, but that's the thing. Like, people always, like, you look at players that struggle. You got an opportunity stuck with it. Exactly. See, the, funny, the funny thing about Willie exactly. is, so, of course, it sucks for Anaheim that they didn't sign him or whatever. So, they're kicking themselves for that. But the thing is, Columbus didn't just lose him because he left him um, unprotected. They traded him. To uh, Vegas, so they so Vegas wouldn't select uh, Corpusalo. Yeah, it was Corpusalo. They didn't want him to go, so they're like, okay, take this guy. Which I mean, like at the time, like looking at it, I guess they were really high on Wenberg, which was fine. And if they got, if they managed to retain Matthew Shane, it would have been all right. But now, obviously, it's not because I don't know what. Yeah, like I don't know the forward situation right now in, in Columbus. Because I think all I know like is that Dubois and uh, Atkinson on the first line. That's all I know about Columbus. But I'm, I'm yeah, like there's those two, and then I forget. I think honestly, the best way to fix Columbus now that we're talking about Columbus is honestly fire. Um, um, what's his name again? Their coach Tortorella. Yeah. Oh, Torts. Uh, and, yeah. And give uh, Winberg a, I mean, an opportunity. Yeah. Winberg never really got a proper yeah, opportunity over that one year. Yeah, I could tell Torts does not like him, and when when Torts doesn't like you, you're kind of you're in the shit house. It's like, like look at Ryan Johansson. Really, I thought that was an organization thing. I thought that wasn't was, just Julian. It was mainly uh, Claude Julian not liking, not liking. What happened was is uh, Claude Julian not, didn't like uh, Tyler Sagan because he's too much of a party animal. So Claude Julien, if I'm correct, that is Claude Julien asked uh, uh, Boston to trade him. So he's the reverse Dougie Hamilton, essentially. Yeah, 
that Dougie Hamilton's funny because, uh, well, there's a funny story that involves Carolina and NHL 20, but I'll okay. save that for later. Unless, unless you want me to tell it now because it doesn't matter. All right, so for those of you who know or don't know, uh, the name of Steve Dangle, who is a YouTuber funny one. Uh, who is crazy. Yeah, so basically uh, a little over a week ago, so this is a very recent story. Um, so Steve had a fundraiser event for Easter Seals Ontario. For those of you who don't know Easter Seals, it is a – uh, organization that has helped to dis- help individuals, mainly children with physical disabilities. So basically, if a child is struggling to walk, they'll provide them with walkers and wheelchairs and whatnot. Um, that's basically the basis of that. And Steve was a uh, person who benefited from that family because of, or not that family, that organization. His family benefited from the organization. There we go. I sound better now. Um but basically, he was, his goal was to raise $50,000 uh, to go to the Eric Lindros Celebrity Hockey Classic. Uh, but now to the good part. Um, so the event was basically, we rented out a Cineplex theater, and we were playing NHL 20 on the big screen, but for live streaming. So we were live streaming it on YouTube. So, yeah, this is, well, I wasn't streaming oh. it. Steve was. Um, so we went to the event. I met a couple people there. And they were bidding a bunch of games off. They were auctioning them off. This one kid, I think, paid like 150, which is crazy because he was like 17 right. years old. And I'm like, dude, are you gonna tell your parents? And then he's just like, no. And I'm like, okay. So then we get to me, and we're like throwing out random numbers that are just jokes at this point. Like the joke was everyone was betting 69 dollars. Um, I think, uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, yeah, the joke was everyone was betting $69. Oh, let me just grab that really quickly. Um, so yeah, we were all betting that. And then afterwards, uh, we were, if I'm not mistaken, we're just throwing out random numbers. Oh, no, see. Thank you. Yeah, so basically, moral. You cut out there, so. I don't know if we can still hear you or not, but you're cut out right now. $83. You're good now. I bet $83 because Cody CC is going to win a Norris one day. I hope. Um, So that uh, we'll get to CC in a minute. So then I ended up getting $200 and I won it. So what's even funnier about mine is I was on there for the shores. So Steve picked the Leafs. I picked James for two reasons. Number one, because James Reimer was starting goalie. And number two, because both Jake Gardner and Dougie Hamilton were defensemen. Yeah. So, long story short, I'm a petty little shit. Um, I wanted to try and win and get a storm surge going in the theater. Oh, my God. And then I got shut out like 6 nothing, And I'm just like, Oh, uh, that, uh, you can go on Steve's video. I'm at like the one thirty mark. Prefer don't watch that, but, or do doesn't necessarily matter to me. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, that was my little thing from, uh, from Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. 
That's funny because as you were saying that, I was looking at my James Reimer Toronto jersey too. Exactly. See, everybody loved James Reimer. I have to trade him, but it's okay because Freddie is fine. So I love Freddie. Honestly, yeah. though, bringing back James Reimer, if the contract weren't that bad, bringing him as a backup would be amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I honestly thought that Carolina was gonna buy him out. Yeah. Same here. But then I realized they bought out. Yeah, they bought out Marlowe. And I'm like, okay, I don't think they're going to eat two contracts plus Rhymers eats over in the next year. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, what could have been, but whatever. Maybe in a few years when the Leafs are actually not like poker. Anyway, go on. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, where was I? No, sir. But, yeah. All I have to say. We were talking about journey players. We go. We start talking about Dougie Hamilton. That's funny. Yeah, I know. We went from party animals to Dougie Hamilton to talking about James Reimer. So yeah, it all came full circle in the end. It all started with Nick Paul. Me asking about Nick Paul. Yeah. So as you can see, Nick Paul's a very social player. He has a lot of friends. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, long story short, Nick Paul, glad he's got this opportunity. Hope he keeps up the pace. Um, but who knows at this point, because I guess apparently you can roll Anthony Duclair as a first liner, but I mean, you could have have worse options. I wrote, I wrote a piece on Anthony Duclair being our savior last year. I'll link it to you later. Right. Yeah. All right, cool. I'll definitely look at that. Is he? Oh, no, he's second. Never mind. My bad. He's second. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say it because I'm like, I think there's another one, yeah. but. I'll tell you that in a minute. But yeah, basically. Right. The point I wanted to make was that Nick Paul is finally is a permanent member of Senators. After after last game where he scored two goals, DJ Smith told him that he should buy a house. He should get it. He should, he should buy or rent a house because he's not up for us a year. Huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, from from a Leafs perspective, how are you handling DJ Smith for the first year? Or are you oh. not really hating it? Oh, my – I know it's quick and really, really soon in the season. But honestly, he might not have the exact same system as, as, as uh, Boucher. But they're, they're really similar coaches. They're really similar players. Really similar demeanors. So I think you basically you basically got rid of Guy Boucher to hire Guy Boucher 2.0, which makes no sense. It's probably cheaper Guy Boucher because he probably cost less. No, it's actually probably more expensive Guy Boucher because he had more. He had more. Um, I guess he had more. Uh, I think other teams were competing for for uh, for. I'm not too sure. Yeah, that that I'm wondering because I, I you think because like he's a rookie coach. Yeah. He's a good coach. Don't get me wrong. He's just. Yeah, I know. It's just the systems are a little spotty. Yeah. And obviously, some things are going to work nowadays. Some aren't. So you got to kind of trial and error. But this is a good year to trial and error. Yeah, exactly. Like he's a good coach, but my one criticism is, you hired a coach to or to to basically hire the exact same coach all over again. That's my one criticism. Right. I would have hired something completely different. I would. I mean, yeah. Like all jokes aside, I would hire Patrick, Patrick Roy over over DJ Smith because Patrick Roy was interviewed. Yeah, and I would have loved to see that just because that would have been literally 
the biggest joke, but also the best joke because those would be the interviews I would want to want to watch all the time. Yeah. Like no shortage of a lie because he says it like it is. Yeah. Like, so like, imagine. Like John Turner. Yeah, exactly. But a more tolerable version of him, I guess. I guess the nicest way is I want to say a more intelligent version of Torts. Yeah. But Torts has a Stanley Cup and playoff appearances, so. Yeah, but I mean, you, you can't forget that Patrick was four cups plug in his ears. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot. They're really lodged in there. You can't forget about that one. That's true. I can't. <laughs> but, yeah. Next point on my thing is I'll talk about the record. So, this past week, before the Carolina Hurricanes game, the Senators have gone 2-1-0. Their first game of the week, they played the New York Rangers, won 6-2. Next game was the day after against New York Islanders, won, I mean, lost 4-1. And uh, a couple nights ago against LA, they won 3-2 in overtime. So, my prediction for the Carolina Hurricanes game tonight, that starts soon, um, is I think um, Ottawa went 4-2. Uh, it's a possibility. I'm not going to rule it out. I mean, they did beat LA and like two, two not bad teams. So Yeah. Like, I mean, LA is terrible. No offense. They just did. Just they're terrible. They're last I'm calling league. that. I'm calling right now. They're last in the LA league. last in the league. Yep. They're, they're last well, league. well I don't know because Detroit exists, but Detroit is at least more ahead in the rebuild. Oh yeah. Than L- LA is. LA is still at that point where they're in a rebuild, but they're not admitting it. They're like they're, they're they should be in a rebuild, but they don't. They're not wanting to accept it. That's the, that's their point. They're trying. They're trying to compete just for a couple more years. Then. I think it's dumb. I think you blow it up. Rebuild. It strikes me as a team that doesn't know what they're doing because one night they scratched Tyler Toffoli, and then I think the next night he ended up scoring. <laughs> That's dumb. Honestly, I think Tyler Toffoli is one of their best players this year. And he's going to get them something good at the deadline probably. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But, yeah, like – If you were just a couple years younger, I'd say – Keep him in for a rebuild, but he is twenty seven. By the time the rebuild is done, he'll probably be like thirty five. Because like, oh yeah, sell high, huh? Sell high on him at that point. Yeah. When a player hits like twenty five, twenty six, and you're not going to be able to retain him, just sell. sell. Yeah, do what exactly. Otto did. Do what Otto did with Eric Carlson, Mark Stone, and Matt Duchesne, and Ryan Zingle, but get more for him. I mean, yeah. Well, let's. See. Well, I mean, like. The Carlson deal might help you out now because the Sharks are garbage. Yeah. See, the thing was, if my whole problem with that Eric Carlson fiasco was we paid more to get Matt Duchesne than we received for Eric Carlson. Right. But then again, you have to remember that all the details in that trade are not set in stone because you still have their first round pick, which could be. Yeah, which is going to be good. Top five pick. Which could be it's gonna yeah, it should be. Yeah, so far it's the top five pick right now. Exactly, yeah. And I don't think the Sharks are getting out of their rut. No, I don't think no so. No way. They're one team I can My, safely say they're gonna they're not gonna do good this year. Pete the Boar is gonna get fired by Christmas, I'm calling it. I think so too, yeah. I think he's one of the first coaches to go this year. Yeah. 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 Over John Hines is I I don't know I, think I don't John know John Hines stays for the year honestly I think John Hines stays at least this year and starts next year 
then he might get fired. But I think he's safe. For yeah, because he just got renewed. And in his defense, his GM didn't address the goaltending. No, not at all. See, the whole thing with New Jersey is, on paper, they're one of the better teams in the NHL, but with a terrible goalie. Which is really sad because I remember Corey Schneider. He used to be really good. Yeah, and I think he had like a resurgence a little bit yeah. when it came to like. I can safely say that Corey Schneider is the worst goalie in the NHL right now. Uh, no, I think Jonathan Quick Quick is worse. No, I don't think so. I think Jonathan Quick is having a rough year, but he still has this skill. True. Crawford doesn't. Uh, not Crawford, but um, Schneider doesn't. Like Crawford. What do I think Crawford's, Crawford's up there as one of the poor ones, too. Pardon me? Crawford, I think, is up there as one of the poor ones, too. He's had a he's had a rough going. He's had a rough – but that's due to injury, right? So it's, like, he hasn't necessarily played much. Right. I think I'd – definitely he's declining, but he's not as good as he used to be, but he's still effective. Schneider isn't. Mm-hmm. Isn't as effective, but he's still effective if he, if he wants to be. Corey Schneider is just basically – honestly, like, no offense to Corey Schneider, but, like – LA, not LA, but uh, but um, uh, New Jersey would have more luck playing of six guys in the ice the entire game than he would with Corey Schneider playing that. Yeah, I'm really wondering what's happening with that because, so because he's hurt, he's not hurt. He was. So I'm wondering if maybe it's like a psychological thing or. <laughs> See what happened was I what I what I think it is is because two years ago he he broke or whatever something to his hip so he got a surgery so maybe that messed mm-hmm. up his game a little bit. But also because when he came back, ooh, Canada just scored. Nice. Oh wait, what? Which game is this? Uh, World uh, U seventeen bronze medal game, Canada versus Czech. Ah, two. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Sorry, I just, I just saw that. Yeah, that's fine. It's okay. Wow. Nice. Anyways, so like the thing about Schneider is, ooh, that's a beautiful goal. Anyways, so Schneider, like he had a surgery, so that kind of messed up his mojo a little bit. But coming back, he didn't come back strong, and that screwed up his his uh, mental. So like, exactly. Like once you're done, yeah. Once you're done mentally, physically, it's like only a matter of time. Yeah, I think honestly, the best thing for him is call it quits soon. Yeah, but that's going to be a huge recapture for uh, Jersey. They oh, think they have for another three years. This year and two more. It's not right. So. Yeah, that. Well, I mean. The only big boy contract that they would really need to pay is Taylor Hall, because Hughes is fine. And they locked up Heeshear, so. Oh yeah, they did lock up Heeshear. I forgot about that. And they have to lock yeah. up uh, um, Subban soon. It's like two years, I think it is. Mm. It's soon. I know that. We'll come back to that. I don't think that's going to be a thing for long. No. But I think he's going to honestly make less than he's making right now. I think he'll make six and a half tops. Oh, yeah. He's taking a pay cut. Oh, yeah. Which he knew when he negotiated the contract that he wasn't going to be a $9 million player. But. Like, he's still good. He's still, like, elite. Just he's not as elite as he used to be. Right. Although he's been pretty poor defensively as of late. Yeah, honestly. But, yeah. Next point is I'll talk about the Sens leaders now. So, who do you think is leading goals? Oh, like oh, this is a quiz. Uh you told you told me this before. It wasn't Anthony Duclair. It was somebody else. Yeah. 
Is it Pajot? Yep. Seven goals. Okay. Pajot's leading with seven goals. Connor Brown is leading in assists with 10. And points. Ah, that's a thing. Yep. I forgot that was a thing. Yep. I mean, God love him, but, like, of course, there's always got to be a one player that comes back and bites us in the ass. Yeah. The thing with Connor Brown is, is, like, he didn't fit in the Toronto top six, so he was playing in the bottom six. So, like, it's not his fault. It's just it's he wasn't playing in it. He wasn't. He didn't get. He didn't have the opportunity. Just because it's his coach. It's his coach. Which again, I'll I'll get to the coach later. because uh, I think I might piss people off with my take. Oh yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk more about the Leafs in your segment later. But yeah, right. So another a couple other stats about the centers I found around the NHL. Pasho leads the league in plus minus. Did you know that? Uh I could guess. Is their penalty? Is their power play still like thirty first? I have no like five percent. I don't know, but it's just pretty bad. I remember it was literally like five percent. I remember I checked, and I'm just like, how can it be that low? Either they're not getting chances, or they just can't convert. Not as bad as last year's sixty eight percent penalty kill, where <laughs> the players started talking with Uber, Uber driver. Oh God! Remember that? That was. That was yeah, impressive. enjoy enjoy the Lyft sponsorship because that's amazing. <laughs> because of course. Now that you think of it, that's that's a way to just to silence that problem. Funny. Now I mean, yeah, literally. Only it's like okay, you're gonna go ahead and do this crap, then screw you. I'm gonna do business with the other one. Exactly. That's hilarious. Like that's probably the funniest thing. Like I read that and I think I laughed for like a good five minutes. Yeah, me too. It was so good. It was fun. And like I can't, I can't even fault anybody because it's it's genius. Yeah. Exactly. And like um so Pajo leads the league in plus minus. Chabot leads the league in time on ice. And Tierney is thirteenth for faceoffs. I'll say this, Thomas Shabbat is probably one of the best defensemen right now. Easily, he's I remember I saw him. Yeah, like he's he's top a nice time, like he just said. But this guy eats minutes like it's his job. It like is. I remember that that gold medal game, twenty sixteen against the states. I'm pretty sure that yep. was the year. Yep. Yeah, and he played like what thirty five minutes that night. It was forty. Which is even more insane because like the kid was what it was. He was eighteen at the time. Yep. And like. To play that at 18. uh, He was playing against um, um, his teammate now, Colin White, and Logan Brown in that game. I always love it when I see, like, players play at the international level, and then they come back and they'd be like, yeah, um, we didn't mean to do that, but uh, thanks for the win. Yeah, it's funny. And then they're just like, "Uh, whatever. Like, I remember there was an NHL commercial with, I think, Taze and Kane, where they just went back and forth about it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's really it for the Sens, I guess. Now we'll talk more on the NHL. You know we've been doing that. So, Pasnock leads leading goals with 15. McDavid which leads the league in – pardon me? Which is unfair that Pasternak is scoring that, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. My buddy's a Bruins fan, so I have to give him heck. Yeah. And then – um. McDavid's, uh, McDavid's leading assists with um, 19. And the league uh, for points, it's tied 30 points. Pass, knock, and dry sidle. 
Oilers fans can have a parade because of Drysaddle. Yeah. If you go on hockey Twitter and every single Oilers fan saying that McDavid is better than Drysaddle, like, oh. honestly, who gives a shit? I don't like. I think that. I think it's just, it's literally it's exactly another Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin situation, honestly. Like they're both the same, basically. Uh, I wouldn't say. A, I wouldn't say that. Okay, but like, it's funny because like, <laughs> but like, compare... you look both... Go ahead. The the argument that I have, which I know is going to sound so like homey and BS, but like. You look at Drysaddle throughout his career since he broke out. Who has he been playing primarily with? McDavid. Yeah. So, yeah, of course he's going to be good when I play with X best player on the team. Because not only am I A, on his line, but B, I'm going to learn stuff from X player. And, and C, Matthews he's already pretty good himself. Exactly. And when Matthews broke into the league, there wasn't really anybody to, like, provide that with him. It was him. Like, okay, yeah, you have Marner and Nylander and Riley and whatever, but they're st- at the time, they were still unproven because that was his rookie yeah. year. Yeah. So, like, now, obviously, he has more of a consistent line pairings. Oh, yeah. But also, like, Dreisaitl, I don't think, has been separated from McDavid for more than I want to say ten games, like in his sense. Well, okay, he was since out of time. because I remember they played a part in that year. Yeah, best way to describe well, yeah. best is um how to how to explain it. I guess you could say um honestly, best way to describe for me, I guess, is obviously uh, you could compare in this situation you compare McDavid to Crosby. Like, he's the best player, like, in his area, he's the best player in the world, just like Crosby was the best player at his time. And, right, obviously. And um, Malkin's the second field of Crosby, but Malkin's always scored more goals than Crosby. And it's looking like McDavid, I mean, Dreisaitl's going to score more goals than Crosby than, than that McDavid. Right. Well, at this point, yeah. Because I remember McDavid, I think, had two 40-point or 40-goal seasons. Yep. So, I think, I think Dreisaitl hits 50. Oh, like yeah. that's not out of the realm of possibility. He fifty. I think he hit fifty last year. He fifty. He hit fifty for sure last year. I don't. I don't remember exactly what it was though. It's fifty something. He was second right. in, in goals. That's all I know. Sorry about that crouch, but it's okay. Sorry. Um. Yeah. Um. Other stuff around the league. Uh. Trying to think. Detroit winning against Boston was funny. Yeah, um, Fabry scored two goals and his debut was big. Oh, I didn't because see that. now I think Detroit is like, okay, we have something here. Yep. Which is good for them. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, McKinnon got hurt, but then he came back. Nashville got killed against Colorado like two nights ago. Um, Buffalo lost five straight. I think we should talk about Buffalo for a bit because I don't know what this team is. Like it's weird. It is a weird team. It's it's honestly it's just a replay of last year. Best way to describe. They started off strong, then they lost their. And then they yeah. <coughs> and 
I think I think that has to do with their coach because like they seem to be a team that like thinks high of themselves and gets overconfident. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly what I was about to say. Like, and that's the coach's job to correct. And he's not been able yeah, to yet. Like, like I wouldn't say fire him, but like, talk to him about it. You know. Yeah, like God loved Ralph Krueger because he went through hell in Edmonton when he had like nobody. Yeah, but you've coached before. I think he went. He like he went to Europe. He coached for a bit. He became like, a soccer uh, dude. Yeah. So like, if I'm him, like they just lost five straight today. Yes, they lost back to back against Tampa, but whatever. You're supposed to beat good teams, regardless yeah. of your record. So. I mean, I would go into that dressing room and be like, okay, that was that. We've lost five straight. We're getting outscored. The goalies can't do everything. What are you guys going to do about it? Yeah. See, offensively, they can score goals. There's just – they can't keep the puck out of the net. I find. Which is crazy because I think Hutton is at the top of the league in, like, save percentage – He's top, and yeah. Same, yeah, and same with Allmark. So, like, it's the same situation as last year. They rode a really, really hot record and hot scoring streak going into December. And got overconfident. And then January happened, and then it's just, like, like further down. And it's just like, okay, clearly it's not the coach. So let's bring in a guy who can change that. Yeah. See what it is is it's like, it's like um, it's not the coach's fault, but it's the coach's problem. Exactly, because we see it in pro sports all the time. Like, yeah, you can have star players run the team, but they get too high on their overconfidence or on their confidence or on themselves, and then they they end up falling asleep. Yeah. Like, and I get, like, one of the the funniest things I think, I, or no, one of the interesting things I heard last year was this, for the Kings, I think that, yeah, they just fired their coach, which was, I believe, John Stevens at the time. Yeah. They brought Desjardins, and I remember, I think it was on, yeah, it was on the, it was on the Steve Dangle podcast, ironically, and I think Steve or Adam they were just like, are you going to let Willie Desjardins, who hasn't won anything, tell Ilya Kovalchuk what to do or Anshik Kopitar what to do and like, and so on and so forth? Because so, they'll be like, oh, they'll be like, oh I don't want to listen to him. I already won two Stanley Cups yeah, more, without him. When the player has more success than the coach, then the, co- then the player gets extremely, extremely cocky. Yeah, and that's – Along the line of players who aren't don't have the best poise or the best yeah openness to learn because Kovalchuk, just to use him as an example, is what thirty seven. He's made his money. He scores goals. He went to Russia. He's like, okay, maybe I'll come back. Yeah, and probably like either a this is not how I played back in the day because I'm Ilya freaking Kovalchuk. Or B, he was just like, why am I 
playing like 12 minutes when I should be playing 20. Yeah, because don't get me wrong, he, he is older now, but he's still the same player. He's just he's playing it for a really worse caliber team. And yeah, and he's, sl- coach, and he's slower. The coach is trying to use him on the penalty kill, I'm pretty sure. And he's not a penalty kill player. Yeah, another thing that like I'm getting pissed off at coaches using players in roles that they should not be like having. Yeah, like um, Nick Paul in the power play. Like I love Nick Paul. Don't get me wrong, but he's not a guy you want in the power play. Yeah, Toronto is a prime example. Why is Tyson Berry, who is the team's arguable like second best defenseman aside from Riley either a, either Riley or Muzzin like why is he not getting power play time exactly and why and why is he yeah. why is he getting penalty kill time and i think i read earlier today that Babcock is basically turning him into what Zaitsev was and i'm just like for the love of god don't let this coach do anything anymore yeah. Because, like, I'll, I'll, like, I'll touch on that now. Like, because I figured now it's a good time. Like, should Mike Babcock get fired because of the way he's coaching? Yes and no. Because, one, the team's winning, and you should expect more from your $11 million trio who are your three best players, which, yes, you should expect that. But to counter that, why is Mitch Marner taking faceoffs on the penalty kill? Why is why do you immediately go to the fourth line after a penalty kill or a line change? What why and another one that pissed me off against Vegas. Why is Travis Dermott playing eight minutes a night and Cody yep. Cece playing twenty-five? Yep. Like God love Dermott. I know he's coming back from injury. And you want to kind of ease your player back in. But for the love of God, if he looks fine and he's skating, put him out there. Yeah. Unless there's something we don't know, which might be. But, uh, like, CC playing 25 a night should never happen. See, what's like, happening, what I think it is, is that Bobcock likes the game for whatever reason that Cody CC plays. And he considers Cody CC experience – because he dealt with Ottawa. Okay, but him. To, yeah, to counter that, look where Ottawa is in the standings and look exactly. at Exactly. Exactly. And you look at the way that the league is playing. Shouldn't you want Tyson Berry, who was arguably the best defenseman on that Colorado power play that was so deadly? Like why not go – and I know that they have so much talent to go around. Yeah. So how about this? You go – you go top line, power play, Matthews, Marner, or Tavares, whatever. You have those three, and then you have Riley, and you have Barry. And I know they want to put Nylander there, which I understand that because Nylander and Matthews together is like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. But just roll – and I know they don't want to do two defensemen on the power play because that's not the way the game's moving. 
but just give him a chance. And another thing that I am annoyed with, uh, Ian Tullock, who is a really, really good writer uh, for The Athletic. Uh, he writes for the Leafs. Um, I read one of his pieces today talking about the Leafs' struggles. And he said, the increased amount of point shots. And I'm like, absolutely. Like, their defense at least could skate. Yeah, because like, like – I, I don't know if Babcock doesn't trust them he doesn't, I don't, I don't or I, I, I don't know. Like I can't describe like what the reasoning behind that is. See, like on that, uh, point shots in the point, um, comments, like a little bit of my hockey experiences. My coach, for my current team right now says shots from all over the place. It's better than no shots at all. Right. Because, like, even if it is just a random shot that shouldn't go in, sometimes a goalie will expect it to miss net, but sometimes it might actually go in. Which, yes. But... On the power, like, sure, cycling the puck looks cool and all, but the power play, don't waste your power play passing. Use your power play to shoot. Exactly, which, again, talking about my team again, when they have a power play, they don't like to shoot the puck. No, they like passing it. Otter likes that too. Otter doesn't shoot enough in the power play. They pass more in the power play, and they shoot, and it gets on my nerves. I think that's also a maturity thing. Like, this team has finishers. Tavares will put the puck in the back of the net. You know, uh, Matthews will do it as well. Yeah. Nylander on occasion will. Yeah. At the same time, shoot the puck. And I know on a blue moon, once in a blue moon, they will shoot the puck. But I need more than once in a blue moon. I need constant shots. Because when you play the Bruins, which we have twice, which granted the second time we don't talk about (laughs) – but they made, but they made that more competitive than they should have. Like they shot the puck. Yep. Like right now, I'm looking at my screen right now. They're at least putting the puck on net. But even still, what? What the hell? Oh, okay. All right. Oh, never mind. Oh, that, that oh. almost led to something, but didn't. So. I believe you scored against Toronto. Well, oh, it's delayed on my thing. Oh shit! Wait. Oh, yeah. That's yep. That's that. Yeah. Well, okay. That shot. Who shot it? Oh my Didn't god! Didn't Shoot the puck. Don't pass. What he did there? Yeah. Faking to pass it. Oh my god. Why? Yeah, that was. He lost. Yeah, he fanned on it. Oh my good god. He was stopping the puck to. That's on Willie, and yep, Barry's there, committed to his man. Cousin can't block the shot. Yep, seen all this before. Yeah, he was, he was, he was looking for instead of looking for a shot. I just saw that Philly fan behind the bench or behind the net just lose it. Oh my god! I didn't even see it. There was a guy that like th- like jumped up and like threw his arm out. I think he like chucked his hat on the ground. I'm like, buddy, relax. The first goal. But that's funny. Good God. Oh, I think Otter just scored. I can't seem to get the game tonight because my my TV's being dumb for a Sens game. 
So there's that. Oh, I'm scared. So I'm watching the Toronto game. Well, if you have it on, uh, well, let me see on my box here. I'm trying. Let me see if I can look at it. Yeah. Oh, I guess because Sens are leading one nothing right now. Slapic just scored for Ottawa. Yeah, Sportsnet One has it. I don't have Sportsnet currently. I look and oh, okay, that's why. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, because well, I'm looking around. Players, so I'm still trying to figure out what channels I have and what channels I don't have. Oh, okay. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. So I gotta swap some channels out. Yeah, it's gonna be annoying. Yeah, pain in the butt. But yeah, so back to that. So why don't we talk about the standings? I have, this, I have the standings right here on my board. Want to talk about them? Yeah, because there's a lot. I, there's a lot I have to say. Um, in the East, Boston's not a surprise. Oh, oh Toronto. I'll, I'll read the standings like, out really quick. Okay. All right, go for it. I'll start with the Metro. Washington has a twelve-two and three record for twenty-seven points. New York Islanders are 12-3-1 for 25 points. Pittsburgh is 9-6-1 for 19. Carolina is 9-6-1 for 19 as well. Um, they, have the wild, they have the first wild card. Uh, Philadelphia is 8-5-2, 18 points. New York Rangers, 7-6-1, 15 points. Columbus, 4-7-4, uh, 12 points. Any comments on the Metro? Um... I thought that the Rangers and the Devils would have better seasons so far, but obviously they haven't. Um, New York's played a lot better recently when they're not letting Henrik Lundqvist face like 15,000 shots a night because the poor guy is going to die. Jersey we went through already. It's surprising that they're that bad. Um, Columbus, I expected that they were they were better for a bit, but now they're skidding, which I expected. Yeah. This is surprised me. To um, they're best players. Yeah. Uh, the Islanders are proving that their last season wasn't a fluke, which yeah. is good. They're playing more like a team, which hats off to them. They're doing that well. Yeah. Um, trying to think of what else. Uh, Pittsburgh, I didn't think was going to be that. Philadelphia good. surprises me. I yeah, both both better. Pennsylvania teams. I'm just like, oh, like I didn't expect you guys. Pittsburgh doesn't surprise me at all. Pittsburgh doesn't surprise me at all because like you can only be good for so long, and like they made the playoffs ten straight years almost, right? So like you only can only be good for so long. So Pittsburgh doesn't surprise me, um, but uh, Philadelphia surprised me. I thought they'd be better. Yeah. Also, their goaltending has been a little pedestrian, but. Is Carter Hart starting? Um, I think they're happy? splitting it. I think they're getting a lot more back-to-backs. Okay. I know Carter Hart is now getting his groove back. Uh, Elliot's just there. They're based. It's it's a it's a cap hit, okay. and it's a guy that they can use as a backup. I like Elliot. Yeah. Uh, he's no, one. He's yeah, he's one of uh, Don Cherry's two favorite goal, uh, goalies, aside from. Uh, Mike Smith, who he has a really unhealthy obsession with because he's from Kingston. That's the only reason why. He's good at Toronto boys. Or he's good at Canadian boys. Yeah. It's because it's he plays the puck and he's from Kingston. That's it. No, he's, terrible. he's terrible at playing the puck. Well, according to Grapes, he's amazing, but I, I, don't, I don't know what Grapes thinks anymore. He's still entertaining, but he's, uh, he's questionable. Yeah. 
But yeah, let's go to the Atlantic Division. Oh Boston leads the division 11-3-2 for 24 oh points. Gosh. Toronto is second with a 9-5-3-21. Buffalo 9-6-2, 20. Montreal is a wild card with 8-5-3, 19. Florida 7-4-5, 19. Tampa 8-5-2, 18. Ottawa 5-9-1, 11. Detroit 5-12-1, 11. Comments? Um... Florida, I'm surprised their record, considering their goaltending, has been eesh. Literally, like, Bobrovsky, I think it's like an 860. Um, 897. Oh, it's gotten better. Okay, all right. Um, Montreal should be a lot better than what they are. But I knew going into the season, their defense wasn't good enough. And I know that's rich for me, a Leafs fan, but – Holy Lord, their left like, side is not great. Yeah. See, the thing is with uh, with um, Montreal is I know they're they're not going to make the, like my prediction is they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're gonna like they're in the right direction. They're they're a step in the right direction. Everybody sure, yeah, better. and they're still a very young team, and like they have guys that are good, like Domi. Yeah. I love Brendan Gallagher, even though he's a little shit. Durant's finally smart enough. I thought he was gone. But I guess they're probably like, hey, he still can play. So it's whatever. But. Yeah. He's going to be next captain. I thought Weber, oh, when no Weber's gone. Yeah. Uh, no if he sticks around that long, yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Buffalo is obviously a surprise. But. Tampa is an extreme surprise for me. Oh, they're celebrating that kid's birthday again. Oh, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I saw that. That kid, oh, like, I feel so happy for that kid. Because not only did he get hockey yeah, players, he got, like, Mark Hamill. Um, I think, like, yeah, they got John Tory, bunch of people. And I'm just like, that's that's a nice moment that people can just go out and make that kid's day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, how it happened, though, stuff. How it happened. Yeah. Stuff. I mean, obviously, the root of the problem was horrible because yeah. I, like, growing up as a kid, I've been, like, through certain, like, rough stuff, and I'm just like, man, like, that sucks. Um, but the yeah, literally, like, got together and was just like, hey, let's – take like a few seconds out of our day just to wish this kid a happy birthday like it's pretty special and it proves that not everyone in the world is horrible because good people yeah. exist but anyway yeah well, Atlantic Division that's more or less than I think of it yeah let's move on to the west now oh boy oh this one's gonna be this one's gonna be interesting yeah. this one's the most interesting the central we have St. Louis, 11-3-3 for 25. They're uh, first in um, West. Washington, I uh, know, uh, Nashville, I don't know the exact record. I kind of scratched it out. But I think they have 24 right. points. Colorado is 9-5-2 for 20. Winnipeg is 9-7-1 uh, for 19. Dallas, 8-8-1 for 17. Chicago is 5-7-3 for 13. Minnesota is 5, 10, and 1 for 11. My comments here is 
Now, now that I think of Winnipeg, I just feel so bad for them. The fact that they're doing this without arguably their best defenseman is very heartwarming. Yeah. There's only like two players in the decor. They have, yeah. I played in the NHL last year. Yeah, it's Neil Pionk and I think, what, Kulikov? Bullyu. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about Nathan Bullyu. Um, But, yeah, the fact that they're doing this without a decor is showing, A, how strong their goaltending is. Hellebuck has really bailed them out. And, B, how their offense has been. But also, Paul Maurice really deserves credit. Like, I honestly – Yeah, like, he's a great coach. Like, he had a very unfair stay here. If there's a coach that I think right now probably deserves a Stanley Cup, it would be him because he is one of the longest tenured coaches in the league. I think he's the longest. No, I remember. Yeah, I was looking. Yeah, earlier today, I was looking at the longest tenured, like, coach since they signed their deals, like, contractually. What the heck did you do there? What the what? What? Carter, Carter Hart just speared someone there. Oof. Go ahead, continue. First of all, why why don't you score on that? But anyway, more on that later. Um, but yeah, um, I looked at the longest like coaches since they've been hired. John Cooper has been around since 2013, which is so oh, freaking weird. Yeah, because he replaced Guy Boucher. Yeah. That's uh, that's a thing that happened. That's uh, that's weird. Uh, but yeah, if I had to pick a guy who deserves a cup, probably Paul Maurice. Um, as well in the Central, Chicago should be a lot better. They are ri- yeah. they are riding Robin Lantern until his legs fall off. Like, oh my god! Like this guy. Like I'm not even joking right now. If Robin Lantern does not get the Vesna, it's rigged. It's rigged. It's BS. It's not even Carter Hart in that. It's Brian Elliott tonight. Yeah, I know. That was re- that was really weird. I'm like, what the hell? What Brian a weird. Was it was he like destroyed Mitch Marner there. Let me see. He should. Let me. Could he have scored? Ah, uh, okay. It was a good poke check. Marner just he, took a bump like he was a wrestler, which good on him yeah. for getting his chest hair. Um. As far as everyone else in the Central, um, St. Louis, when they get goaltending, they're fucking unstoppable. Um, Dallas surprises me big time. I'm glad that they're better now. I'm glad that this team is better. Seven and three in their last ten. Yeah. To me, yeah. This was also, I think, the same case last year. They really kind of started out slow. I don't know if it was... Jim Montgomery, I don't know if it was Jamie Benn or whatever. Someone are already saying to fire Jim Montgomery, but like I don't I don't know. I I'd give him another year or two. I mean it's an option. It's an option, but I don't know if it goes through. Don't fire a coach after one season. That's retarded. I mean, yeah, but you look around Everyone else in pro sport, and it happens all the time. I think the NHL they're a little yeah. more like lenient, but like Chicago is impatient. 
because they've had three seasons now going on four, looks like it, that are just friggin' clown shows. So, like, if I'm them, I'm well, okay. If I don't know if I would let Stan Bowman go because he's done good, I would. He's done good, but he's I think I think he's running his course. I mean, like, he's running his course. Yeah. Also, my opinion the the Panthers are a Eastern version Blackhawks. Yep. Not just because they have their former GM and coach, like. It's obvious, but they're built similarly. Exactly. Barkov is a better tase. Yeah, I said it. Come at me, Blackhawk fans who I agree. I agree. Taze is not what he used to be. There's a guy in my program. Well, there's two guys in my program. One guy who's like a really like rides Tampa really hard. And then he literally was like he literally like got up in front of everybody. He's just like I literally thought Tampa was not going to win the cup, and I'm just like, bullshit. You you were riding the gravy train. Yeah. Uh, and then this other guy's just like, oh, Chicago was good. They won three cups, like, you know, X amount of years ago. Years. Okay, that's X amount of years ago. This is now. That's like saying, like, I, I graduated from – That's just like saying uh, – That's just like saying I like the Edmonton Oilers because of Wayne Gretzky. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, it's not the same thing. There, well, same idea, different time frame. Well, more, more like saying, like, more like saying uh, the Edmonton Oilers are good because they have Connor McDavid. Yeah. Or no, because they had. Yeah. Ha, like you said, had, because they won't in a few years. <laughs> you think? Yeah. I'm a desperate fan. Um, but yeah, Central, aside from that, Minnesota's like, oh, just fire oh. everybody, honestly. Like, I, I, I did not think a GM could come into a job within in how long was Alfenton hired? Like, less than a year. 12 months. It was a year. He had a hell of a year. And not in a good way. Yeah. And some of the stuff that I heard he did was just so bonehead like. Paul is the worst GM in the history of the NHL. Yeah, in the modern era, for sure. And, like, this is an era where we had, what? I'm trying to think of, like, bad GMs. There was, yep, Shirelli. Dave Nonis was horrible. Um, There was some. The dude before Brian Murray in Ottawa, he was bad. Ah, uh, he had some spurts, but he was, that's more of a, like, in his case scenario, it's more of a sign of age and being on the job too long. The guy before Brian Murray. Oh, I thought you said Brian Murray. And I'm like, no. Brian Murray was amazing. Brian Murray was, in my opinion, Brian Murray is one of the greatest general managers of all time. And I'm not, not just saying as a, as a sense fan. Well, he's, he's yeah, up. he's done a lot for that organization. I don't know if he's, like, the <laughs> best ever, but he's up there. Um, yeah, like, he's, he's an amazing GM, but he, honestly a better coach. Yeah, I forgot. I keep forgetting that, like, sometimes, like, GMs ended up, like, coaching as well. Like, I remember – I think Lou Lamorello went from being like a math teacher at a high school to getting his law degree. I think then he like coached yep. the Devils for a bit, and I'm just like I John can Cooper. yeah, like I cannot imagine John that Cooper. man coaching. Yeah, John Cooper was a lawyer, then started coaching his uh, son's minor hockey team or whatever I think it was. Yeah, and then just everybody. 
That's another thing that's really good about sport management is that there really isn't any like level that you can't reach. Like there's professional, there's uh, minor, uh, there's U sport, which is really growing, which I'm going to try to get into that market because it's a really good market. Plus I could go to university if I choose to uh, mm. on the side. So that's like the main goal right now as of right now. But yeah, like that's the thing, like sport management, like you can literally like go from being a minor league coach for like a decade and then you could go somewhere else. Like I had a guy, I had a guest speaker last Tuesday. Oh, Billy just scored again. Did they actually, fuck. Yeah, I'm, that was a good player though. Dude, I'm honestly thinking that this game, they should have just started Hutch. Like at this point. Yeah. Like it's just, but, it's not Andrew's fault, but honestly, just don't put don't put your starting goalie in situations where he's gonna fail. Yeah, don't don't then put. Well, I'll, I'll do you one better. Don't put your goalies in situations where you're gonna fail, because yeah. it's a a waste of time. B it's a waste of time for your players who suit up to play for the goalie, and C you're killing his confidence, and not just Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. There was another example last year. I don't know if you remember the Michael DiPietro game, but they could have literally gone out and gotten like a journeyman like the Leafs did last year when their goaltending was to shit. But what? What? 19. All right. Now, now it should be better. Yeah. So yeah, that was- <laughs> we kind of lost what you're saying. So let's just get into the sense of this now since we never did it. All right, yeah, that's fair. So we'll start off with uh, the Edmonton Oilers. They got eleven five and two record. Calgary Flames are 10, 7, and 2, 22 points. Vancouver Canucks nine five and three twenty one. Vegas nine five and three twenty one. Arizona nine five and two for twenty. Anaheim nine seven one for nineteen. San Jose ten one thirteen. L.A. five ten and one for eleven. As a sense fan. I'm very, very, very happy about the San Jose Sharks sucking this year. Yeah, I, I would be too, considering that you could have two lottery picks. Yep. Um, Vancouver doing good is very rewarding because <laughs> their team's arguably one of the better, better ones I've seen play. Yeah. Um, trying to think of, like, other ones. Calgary is a very weird team because I don't think they should have the record that they have right now. Most but definitely. hey, over, overtime wins count. Yeah. So I can't I can't hate on that. So good for Calgary. Um, Vancouver great. Edmonton, yeah. I mean, you know, if it'll shut Oilers fans up, sure. Um yeah. What other teams do we mention? San Jose being bad. I knew they were going to drop off. I didn't think this hard. Uh, friggin' Martin Jones, man. Just, I don't know. Uh, LA has been pretty bad. We already went on that earlier. Uh, what team am I missing? Anaheim's weird. They're weird. Because They're team to gauge. Yeah, like, they could be better. Great. Time. I don't know because their course. As a, as a defensive team, phenomenal. As an offensive team, oh my god, what is going on with this team? Like, dude, that is that's weird. Like that is that is strange. Like I can't even wrap my head around that. Um, 
Is there a team that I'm missing that I haven't touched yet? Uh, Colorado, I went on earlier. They're uh, they're fine, even though they're not Pacific. Uh, I feel like I'm missing a team or two. Um, oh, Vegas is Vegas is like Toronto now. Yeah, where I thought they would be a lot better, but they've kind of struggled a little bit. And with Marc Andre Fleury as your goalie, how do you struggle? Because it's Marc Andre Fleury, like top five goalie of all time, arguably. Um, yeah. But yeah, aside that, uh, not too many surprises in the West. Um, I'm glad that some teams are doing better. Uh, Arizona is a team that I completely forgot about earlier. Oh my god, they're they're actually happy, pretty good. I'm happy you're doing good, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I like the fact that they have a sense of identity now. I like the fact that they. Well, I mean, I like that they have Phil Kessel. Um, but besides that, I mean, they're better, which is great. Uh, yeah, that's, I think that's all there is to it, to the league. Uh, if I had to pick a biggest surprise, obviously Edmonton, uh, biggest surprise in a bad way. I'd say that talk- I, I wouldn't consider yeah. Edmonton too much a surprise because they did do a lot this offseason. They got a new coach, new general manager. They got a new top six winger. They, 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 they did a lot of work this offseason. They got a new starting goalie. So it doesn't, Edmonton doesn't surprise me at all, honestly. Um, I knew- but from that perspective, I understand because like they did add a lot, but like the names that they brought in, not to say that they're bad, but it was almost like Oilers fans at the time were like, okay, we have this player now what? But yeah, now they're I like, get- they're like, holy hell, we have like two goalies that could win the Vesna and blah, 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 whatever. The thing with, um, James Neal. Because I knew he was just he just had a bad year in the in Calgary. Was, he just had a bad year, and everybody was overreacting terribly. Like, I knew he was going to bounce back. I even said it in the video, I think. But, like, everybody decided to hate on Like, it's one thing I hate really about sports nowadays is the media really hates on a player if he has a bad stretch. Let the player yeah. have a bad stretch. Let him get out of it. Because yeah, like. Of. Yeah, like, I honestly, like, would like to get a career in sport media, you know, regardless of how my program ends right now. But like, I just hate this, like the cynical aspect of like a lot, what a lot of these like guys have to say, like, especially like looking at like the sports panel and like, you see guys like Burke and like all of them just like, well, this player's bad because of this reason. I'm just like, dude, like it's not like maybe he's had like a bad week or yeah, stuff like that. Like, don't go ahead and and, and shit on a player for that. Like, that, that's just professional to me. Good, a good, a uh, good explanation is Rob Leonard. They're shit on him, saying he's the worst goalie in the league a couple of years ago. But all it was yeah. that he had a lot he of had situations. A, he had he even said it himself. If you like look at Leonard, I can't remember what game it was. I want to say it was their their game against Vancouver. He's just like, yeah, I played in front of like the worst team defensively for the last two years. And like, is he wrong? No, he Buffalo was horrifically bad the last two years defensively. Yeah. Uh, well, years now because he did play there last year. Um, but yeah, like. Yeah. 
I'm I'm gonna thank Leonard though for multiple. He was good in Ottawa, but also he is the reason why Ottawa has Colin White now. Is that really what they got back from them? They Ottawa got the pick that turned into uh turned to Colin White. I for, I forgot what that trade was. I remember they traded Leonard to Buffalo. Yep. But I remember like Buffalo made the two trades. They made the trade for Ryan O'Reilly. That's the same um, year. Yeah, it was at the draft. They made the trade for Ryan O'Reilly, and then they got Lander, I think, either before. I think it was before. They got Lander the first, and then they went and got um, uh, They got Ryan O'Reilly right after, which, yeah. I mean, that, that, that should have been – like, tw- 2016, the Sabres should have made the playoffs, I think. They should have made I wouldn't go that far. But, I mean, you had one of the best two-way centers in the game, like, in his prime, when he's not going into Tim Hortons, all sloshed. Um, but you have him, you have Laner, who should win the Vesna within the next, like, two years, arguably. Uh, and then, what else am I going to say? Uh, I don't even, well, I mean, like, okay, Eichel, yeah. I don't know if they had Ryan Hart at the time. I think they did. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, as far as, like, other, like, stuff that has gone with that team, yeah, like, they they should, they should be a lot better than what they are now. But they have Rasmus Dahlien, so who cares? It's like you're you get something good and you're just like okay whatever I completely forget that we're bad now because we have this good player. But yeah, that's more or less what uh what could be said about that. Unless you have anything else you'd want to talk about in that regard. Um just trying to think. Crap, did it die out again? All right, are we all right? Are we all good? I think so. All right, let's open the If I Were In Charge segment. So I'll start off by saying my lines. Here, give me a sec here. Okay. Um, so first one, I would put Kachuk, Peugeot, and Nemestikov. For a while, I had... White in the first line, but because he's not performing nearly as good as people thought he was going to, myself included, 
I can drop him down a little bit. So second line, I have Duclair, White, and Brown. Third line, I have Fair. Jonathan Davidson, Chris Tierney, and Bobby Ryan. Fourth line, I have Mikhail Bodker, Nick Paul, and Philip Shalapin. On a D pair, usually I keep it the same because I thought for a while it was working. But now it's not working, I would do Chabot and Zaitsev, Borvietsky and Heinze, and DeMello and Branstrom. Because Branstrom has kind of been invisible this year. So drop him down a little bit. Worst comes to worst, drop him down in the AHL, let him play there, bring him back up when he's better. Fair enough. I would agree Any with comments that. comments on that? No. Um, I mean, obviously, I wouldn't want Zaitsev on any of my pairing. Well, okay. I don't want to hate on... For Ottawa. Yeah. I, well, I mean, advanced numbers say otherwise, but I don't always believe the analytics. No. Because like eyeball I test. He hasn't been terrible. Yeah. Yeah, the eyeball test says a lot. And it wasn't always – Zaitsev wasn't bad all the time when he was here. It was also the dude, like – I don't know how to describe it, but, like, he was just invisible. Like, yeah. all he did all game was ice the puck, you know, try a stretch pass. It didn't work. And then, like, I think the next thing he did was – he occasionally shot the puck. Like, I think, I don't know. I think Mike Babcock ruined him, but I don't know. He's oh, ruining yeah. Tyson Barry too, which, for the love of God, don't, but whatever. Barry's not coming back next year. I'm, I'm already accepted Barry's not going to come back next year. Well, you never know. You never know. I mean, yeah, it's only November, which is, again, still early, but I don't know. I just, with if he continues doing what he's doing, uh, I don't know what I would do in that scenario, but again, who knows? Yeah, this is, it, it's still a very weird scenario. No, um, but yeah, you're welcome for Connor Brown. He's yeah. uh he's a very solid player. Um, I believe you also have Michael Carcone, who I don't yeah. think is anywhere near the NHL. No, he's in the AHL. So uh, he was a he was a pesky little player. Um, which he, he, uh, I didn't really know that much about him. Uh, all I remember was he was traded for Josh Levo and he was a decent replacement for Levo, but that's it. That that's all I really know about him. Aside from he is an Ottawa set. Well, he's a Belleville Senator, but you, yeah. you get the idea. Yeah. Um, anything on him, honestly. Yeah. Like he's, he's better than what I knew about Aaron Luchuk, but apparently Luchuk killed the ECHL. So at least he's better in the AHL, which I'd like to see what he can do because it's, it's a very limited sample size. Yeah. Also, if I had the choice, I would love to work with the Marlies over the Leafs because it seems like so much fun. Yeah. Like the, well, like I, I'd have less stress because if I was with the Leafs, I'd be like, okay, we need oh, to win now. A stressful job, especially with the yeah. fan base. Yeah, like, no I remember, like, I was talking with, yeah, no, I understand completely. Like, uh, anything in Toronto, I think, right now, like, the Ra- like working for the Raptors right now would be demanding. Um, TFC right now is exploding. Well, they should be, hopefully, after tomorrow, fingers crossed. Um, but, yeah, like, hockey, like, if I, unless it was, like, you know, very interesting job, like, marketing or whatever, like, I would not want to work in Toronto. No. Like, at least. At least at the major league level. Um, but yeah, that's just me. Um, 
as far as like, I don't know. Do you want me to like say my ideal leaf pairings? Because we, we, that might that might take a while. Go ahead, uh, actually, we, no. We can, we can drop into your statement now about the Leafs. Go right ahead. Right. Uh, okay. So, moral of the story: uh, every single Sands fan that listens to this is going to hate this part. So, you can always skip it because I get it. You don't want to hear about yeah. Toronto. I get it. I'm on Twitter, I'm aware. Um, so yeah, what would I do if I was the Leafs? Well, first of things first is um, first of all, Cody Cece should be playing bottom minutes. He should be. I think Sens fans. Well, yeah, he would be. I want him to be like an injury, like seventh D, play him if you have to, yeah. type player. But we're not in that situation, unfortunately. Like, just think of it this way. You're paying Cody CC more than what you're paying Tyson Berry. Yeah, because Berry was uh his contract was retained, um, which thank God Joe Sakic's like yeah sure why not I'll do that because he's like okay I already have two players that could be better than Barry in uh, Gerard and Makar, and now you have a uh, Byram that's coming up so they're fine. Oh boy. Hey, and um, this is a post-recording Jake here. Uh, I'm not with Matt right now because uh, technical difficulties uh, prevented us from finishing the podcast till a couple, like, till, like, two days later, where I am right now, finishing up editing. Um, so many technical difficulties happened that I, was not, I wasn't even able to, f- like, finish editing the actual podcast without me getting absolutely fed up. So... The podcast isn't perfect this week, and uh, I'm sorry for that, but technical difficulties. So anyways, to include this podcast, I will basically just, I want to thank Matt for cam- first coming in and, and spending um, a good, um, we recorded for a good two and, two and a half hours-ish, and um, I really want to thank him for spending his time uh, recording this podcast with me, and uh, I just want to give him another uh, shout out, Matthew Spaniolo on Twitter, Matthew Spaniolo, S P A N Y L Y O L O. He's a Leafs fan. I'm a Sense fan. That was your edition of this week's. That was your weekly edition of Talking Some Sense. <coughs> if you haven't already, just follow me on Twitter at Grunlick Yogs or at Some Sense. And this broadcast is part, brought to you by Overtime Heroics. I write for Overtime Heroics. So does Matt. And um yeah, that's it. See you in see you in the next one.